Hey there, thanks so much for tuning in to the City Light Church podcast. We're so honored you've joined us. We hope that today's podcast brings you hope, encouragement, and most of all, adds value to you in your walk with Jesus Christ. We long to see people grow from where they are closer to where God desires them to be, and it's our hope that this podcast is an essential element in that process for you. So grab a pen, your Bible, and a journal, and let's dive into today's message. It's good to be here today. Uh, My name is Ken Brown. For those of you who have been here the last two weeks and didn't know uh, anybody else existed but Pastor Chris and Pastor Lee, then uh, I'm I'm the next guy, right? I'm I'm Ken. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, amen. I was before, and I'll be the last, amen. Praise God. It's good to see all of you uh, in this beautiful, beautiful house of God on Sunday morning. Uh, On behalf of all of our pastoral team, uh, thank you so much for being here today. Uh, Thank you for your worship, your words, your prayers this week uh, to the Hyatt family, and um, and we are we are grateful uh, that God has been merciful to us and uh, has granted unto us His promise. Amen. Amen. Do you have a Bible? Yes. Amen. Turn it on. We're gonna we're gonna look in it. Amen. Or open it up, whichever version you have. It doesn't matter. Praise God. Hallelujah. Man, Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. Tech team 12, verse 1. Then I'm going to back up and go to 11.31. But 12, verse 1 is where we'll start. And, um, praise God. Man, you guys look good. I'm just wondering if you can take it. I'm just sizing you up. I know you look at me sometimes, and I look at you sometimes. That's the way it works. <laughs> I don't know if you guys can take this message. Man, I want to start a series of, of sermons. I don't know where I'm going with it. Uh, it's just the way it is in this house. Um, sometimes we get direction um, well in advance, kind of have a general idea, and sometimes we don't. We just wait till the Lord downloads it, and sometimes He downloads it when we're up here, and that's okay too. Um, so inspirational preaching is that way. You don't want to um, you don't want to live on it. It's like the dessert bar, right? You don't want to live there. Well, some of you do. Some of you need an intervention. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Man, I, I knew I needed an intervention one day when I opened up my freezer and there were 31 half gallons of Bluebell ice cream. I'm not kidding. <laughs> and somebody said, why so many? And I said, well, they only make so many flavors, you know, <laughs> as though there was a problem. And uh, I knew there was a problem. I knew there was a problem when I opened one of them and it was freezer burn. And I said, there's a problem. I've got too much Bluebell. I can't eat it fast enough, right? So... You guys think that's, uh, that's, I'm kidding. And you don't know when I'm kidding and when I'm not. And I am not kidding right there. <laughs> <laughs> so, praise God. 12.1, Genesis, the Lord said to Abram. It's the back story. This is before um, Abraham is Abraham. It is Abram. And the Lord speaks to him. This is the Lord. This is um, the unmentionable name of the Lord. There are, um, our Jewish friends would not 
call him by the Hebrew um, name here. So they would say Hashem, Hashem, the name, ha, the, the Shem name. So you hear our Jewish friends say Hashem. They're talking about Jehovah. Uh, Adonai, they're speaking of him. But they will not say Yahweh here. Um, said to Abraham, go from your land, your relatives, and your father's house to a land that I will show you. Verse 2 says, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. That's a tremendous promise. Amen. And I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse anyone who treats you with contempt. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. This is the beginning. It is the call. It is that place where um, God comes and he encounters Abram in a place um, called the Ur of Chaldeans. And um, this is, uh, so if you talk to um, me sometimes on some of this stuff, you talk to Lee a lot of times, and I suppose even Chris, we all study this. And there's things we have learned through archaeologists and through other theologians that if you're not willing to really drill down on the scriptures and if you're not steadfast in who the scriptures speak of and the promise of God, some of this stuff can mess you up. Even little things like I'm about to tell you because I'm just one of those pastors that's willing to uh, give the keys to the 15-year-old and says, go give it a whirl, you know. Let's give it a try out there in the pasture. You're not going to hurt anything. Might run over a cow, but it'll be all right. It'll be all right. Ur of Chaldeans, we've always said, and I say it's modern-day Iraq. In fact, I think I have a picture um, of where he comes from. If you can see over here to the far right, he comes out of what would be the land of Iraq. He goes up through Babylon and then all the way up over into Turkey, modern-day Turkey, Haran and then down back into the land of Israel to my left in the blue line, but just kind of a long ways out of the way, right? And so a lot of theologians, a lot of archaeologists who have never found the Ur of Chaldeans in any inscriptions down in the Iraq area, but they have found the names of Ur up in the area of what we would call um, Turkey today. So maybe he was coming from that region than Iraq. And down into Haran, and then eventually down into Israel. Now, that's kind of a side note. The point that the picture shows is that he goes to a land he hasn't been to, that he doesn't know typically of. He just hears, go to this area. He understands there's people there, there's gods there. In fact, Abram is, is in a land where there are multiple gods, like if you were talked to a first century Jewish person or the uh, first century BC uh, Jewish person, they would understand the all of the gods in the context of the gods uh, that are in the land. And and Abram has been introduced to El. That is El Shaddai, Elohim. El is God. The supreme God. He's been introduced by this encounter with God. 
And God has called him and said, I want you to go to a land I'm going to show you, and I'm going to bless you there, and your offsprings are going to be blessed by you. And there's so many similarities in this journey between this Old Testament type and shadow and the New Testament of where we are. It's so fun to watch in the life of these characters because we can literally drop ourselves down into the midst of this and we can say, this is very similar to the call upon our life. That many times God will call you. He will say, I want you to go with me. Where, Lord? Just follow me. In fact, that's all Matthew got from Jesus. Follow me. Matthew saw him as a, uh, a rabbi, heard of him, and one day Jesus comes by and he says to Matthew, follow me. And Matthew leaves his position as a tax collector, which, which was a very affluent position. He, was, he leaves this place where he is hated and he goes and follows these Galileans and this man called Yeshua with a bunch of people that don't like him. Think about this. So he, Yeshua says, follow me. He starts following him, and everybody following Yeshua hates you. That's what Matthew encountered. You think about that. Leave a place of affluent money. Leave a place where everything you want is taken care of. And go into a land you don't know anything about where you're being hated. That's really the life of a believer who's radically following Jesus. I wonder sometimes if we in the Western culture have tried to obey Jesus, but only want to go so far. We, we really want to hear the Lord say, follow me, and then we follow him, but we only have a heart to do so much. In fact, if you back up in Scripture just a little bit, this is very interesting to read. Verse uh, 31 of chapter 11. So just before chapter 12, the Lord said to Abram, you get this, Terah looked, or, or rather took his son, Abram, his grandson Lot, and his daughter-in-law, Sarai, his, son's, his son, Abraham's wife, and they set out together from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to, a land, to the land of Canaan. All right, so Terah took Abram, Lot, and Sarai and set out for Canaan. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. You see that they settled there. When you read this in context, well, and this is what's fascinating. If you go to Acts chapter 7, you see Stephen preaching the foundation of the Jewish faith is Father Abraham. He is the father of the nation. You know the backside of the story. Abraham ends up in Israel, right? Modern day Israel, in Jerusalem. In modern day Jerusalem, at, on the mount, Mount Moriah, up at the top. Modern day Temple Mount, that's where he is. That's where he ends up. You have the perspective to read that from the eyes of 2022. This first century knows that he comes here and plants that city. They know he builds this nation. They're reading this. They're understanding it. Stephen stands up and he preaches this and he builds this foundation. And then he says, you do always resist the Holy Spirit. I'll come back to that in a few weeks. You got to wait. And they stone Stephen to death. 
Abraham is called by God and Terah, his, his father, actually took his son Abram, Lot, his grandson, Sarah, Abraham's wife, and says, let's go. Some of you are making decisions to move that are going to impact your family. And you're either making decisions at what the Lord is saying, or you're making decisions at what the gods are saying. Now, I just lump all the gods in one category, and I'll put you in that category. Because if you're not following the word of the Lord, then you are listening to a God of some other manufacturer. That could be yourself, that could be a God of money, that could be the God of prestige, that could be a God of, you name it, you fill in the blank. Pride, woundedness from the past, you figure it out. There are gods that have set up strongholds, and they were in Abraham's life literally, and they were in the life of the believer today. They are spiritually, and although we don't have them in, in wood and stone, and we don't set them up like some, some idols setting up in worshiping, we actually have them in spirit, and they are in our heart. They are there. The religious people in Acts chapter 7 that Stephen's speaking to have the God, they have this image of God, and they would not bow because the form of religion had become their God. And they had lost the ability to hear the Lord. And Stephen comes along and says, don't you understand? He sent his son. The prophets have told you about him. All these prophecies come true. It's him. Come unto Yeshua. And now he's imparted the Holy Spirit. And I stand here today and preach this gospel in front of you. And they rip their garments, meaning I am no longer worthy to be called Jewish or a rabbi or a priest. And they stone him. For 24 hours, they're unclean. Because they killed him. And the issue was, Stephen spoke to them the heart of the matter. You resist the Holy Spirit. Abraham's called I don't know if he's moving or not moving or what he's doing, but in one verse earlier, his dad grabs him, his, his grandson, and Sarah, the grandson being um, Abram's nephew, and they leave. And last verse says, they settled there in Haran. Now, there's two types of Christians. There's the one that's been called to a land that you don't know anything about. And you're on a journey. And there's others that have settled there. Verse 31. Look at it one more time. I want you to just kind of just peer into those words. They settled there. Where have you settled? Where have you settled? I'm talking to the believer in the house that you feel a call of God. You feel like he has, he has called you and that you've received Christ and you've prayed the prayer, but you haven't even been water baptized. You say, well, you know, I don't know about all that. I'm talking about the believer in the house that God's called you and you understand he is Christ and Christ alone and, and he alone atones for your sin that you have gone to him and requisition permission to have forgiveness of sin. He has granted it unto you. You have felt his blessing. He has called you and some of you men have a call on your life to be disciples in the community, teachers in our community. Some of you women have calls upon your life to do things that he has laid upon you and you have refused to go there because it's a land you don't know about so you've gone halfway and you've settled in Haran. 
You just settled there. Abraham's dad died there. How long? I don't know. But they settled there and they were not in the place that God called them to go. Abraham eventually goes to this place. By faith, he inherits this word. He takes this covenant, this uh, covenant of promise, and he goes and he drives in and he understands the season and the urgency that the Lord has for him. And he perseveres and goes after it. God's called you to follow Christ. Then several things are going to happen in your life. You're going to encounter seasons where you don't understand what God is doing. It's a fact, Jack. <laughs> Get ready for it. You will go through things that your theology just doesn't work. And some of you haven't gotten there yet, so I'm going to have grace for you. If you come and talk to me and you get upset with me. Wait a minute, Pastor Ken. The Bible says, listen to me, listen to me, listen, listen to me. You religious Pharisee, stop it. It's exactly what happened to these Pharisees and Sadducees. They got their heads stuck between the pages so tight that they couldn't hear what the Spirit was saying. As though your intellect, your lightning flash brain somehow discerns theology like no other man can. That you have some arise to some, uh, uh, some God level. That you have, just, you have this wisdom about you that you can somehow discern what God knows. Did you not hear what Isaiah said? His ways are higher than your ways. Amen. We approach the word of God with humility and on our knees and say God impart to us the spirit of life. We do not understand it all. I did when I was 24. You should have asked me then. I had all the answers to theology. I, you know, by the time I had graduated and done some things and got a few little promotions behind me and a few experiences, by, by then I knew everything until I, until I encountered Jesus. Until I encountered Jesus. Let me have the Bible. I, I'm, I'm a young pastor. I'm reading the Gospels after, uh, uh, after feeding the poor. I'm reading the Gospels, and I'm seeing the compassion of Jesus upon the hurting. I, I'm seeing Jesus sacrifice. I'm, I'm seeing Jesus with humility. I, I'm seeing Jesus with patience. I'm, I'm seeing Jesus loving and those that were rebuking him. And he, he's loving them. And, I, and I'm watching this Jesus. And tears begin to fall from my eyes. Because after a life of being raised in church. Under religion. Under people who had relationship. But I had received religion. I come to find out. I'm in the ministry. Called a pastor. And I have come to the conclusion. I don't know you. And I'm weeping on my Bible. Now if it takes you going through seminary to meet Jesus, <laughs> I suggest you go. But if you don't have to go, you're probably better off because more people have lost Jesus. Than ne well, never mind. <laughs> because we get so deep in this word that we forget that it's the spirit that breathes life. The spirit spoke to Abram in a land with many gods. And he says, go. 
Brothers and sisters, we live in a land where gods are speaking to us. The God of prosperity that has creeped into the church. Let me just say something. This is what's, struggle, this is what's struggling about. This is what's hard about um, this issue of prosperity. Is that, man, they put more water in that than they did anything. And it's all over everything. Praise God. This is what's confusing. We have, we, I don't, I don't doubt, I, you know, I don't have a problem with uh, men in, in the, women in the community who don't have a following Christ experience relationship going after money. Like capitalism and, and capitalism is, is a wonderful thing as long as there is a foundation of godliness. Because when capitalism works, it works because God, in America, let me take you back a minute. In America, the reason capitalism worked is because the men who found this nation were godly men. And the men who did not have personal relationship understood that there was something powerful about the principles that the men who did were following. And so they honored that. Now that is our history. And no matter how many revisionists come along, they're going to have to do a lot of work in Washington to wipe away the scriptures and the mandate that's written all over the walls in that, that city because it is clear our forefathers were men of faith. And the reason capitalism works on the foundation of godliness is because when it is the principle of the word of God, when you get up, you work hard. Now, this is assuming a man has an opportunity to go to work, like he has a job to go do. So he works hard. He produces an income. He then has something in his life that has blessed him. God will bless him if he will turn and now give that away. It's a principle. God continues to bless that man, spirit, soul, and body. But when the foundation is eroded, capitalism feeds the greedy. And all they want is to push you down so they can get higher. Let me help you with this. In the early days, this is not on my outline, so I have no idea why the Lord's provoking me here. In the early days of this country, there was no government handouts. It was the church. You say, well, the church ought to do this. Well, the church should. Okay, you want to go there? You, you want to go there? Less than a quarter of you tithe. I'm talking about the covenant. The, the, the principle of giving. You say, well, bless God, tithe is not, the, is not in the New Testament. It's an Old Testament law. I've never had anybody come to me and talk about the tithe that wanted... Well, no, I take that back. I've only had a handful of people come to me and talk to me about tithe that wanted to actually give more. Most people that come to me and ask me about the tithe are trying to justify giving less. Tithe is not a law. Tithe is a principle. Tithe was before the law. Tithe actually goes back to the Garden of Eden when God said, all the trees you can have, but this one... You can't have. It's a portion. God has always said it's a portion that's not yours. It is a principle that says I'm in covenant with God and there's a portion that he's already asked me not to touch. I'll surrender it to him. Men, when you get married, you don't keep your little black book. <laughs> if you have one. Your little black berry or your little black digital whatever. You know, you don't keep it anymore. You, you get rid of it, not because you have to, but because you are in love and you don't want it anymore. Does that make sense? 
In, in other words, when God calls us and we follow him, we begin to encounter him. Something happens in our life that we totally re release everything to him and we begin to surrender it to him. But that's not the way it is in the land of the Ur of Chaldean. That's not the way it is in Ocala, Florida, 2022. In this journey, we're following Christ. Most of us have not surrendered our life, haven't surrendered our marriages, haven't surrendered our checks. We haven't surrendered our payroll, our, our assets. We haven't surrendered our children. We still have our hands and our control on everything. And most of us have gone to Haran and we have stopped halfway from where God has called us to. As though the blessings are going to hit us in Haran. It was not that way. God said, I'll take you to a land and I will bless you there. And there you'll become. There is a journey that he calls us on. Boy, don't you wish I just had an outline I could stick to it? Because this, this kind of preaching metals, right? And what's bad is I got to listen to it tonight or tomorrow. And then listen to myself and, and, and preach to myself. And I have to ooh and ah. And I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and just comfort myself and say, it's okay. I see you there in your office, sipping on your coffee. Relax. You guys think I'm kidding. I audit. I look at me. I, I say, did I mess up anything? Because I'm human, and I sometimes I miss the mark. Amen. You don't want to hear that about your pastor. I know you think. I know you think that I'm like an angel, and I float most of the places I go. I know you think. I look 24. I get it. I look 24. I'm twice that. Sprinkled a few more years on it. That's who I am, right? I get that. Where was I at? See, this is the problem, Lord. You said you'd never leave me. Where are you? What, what, what are you settling for? This journey with Christ, hey, he, he never promised you a primrose path. He never promised you that everything was going to be great. He didn't promise you that you would not experience death. He didn't, he didn't promise you that you would not experience trial and tribulation. If anything, Jesus, your king, said, in this life you will emphatically, I don't care what the prosperity gospel said about it, you will have trial and tribulation. Now that's the words of Yeshua, our king. You will not always have your needs met. The blessings of God are not always measured in dollars. Come on, worship team. I'm going to sing. I'm going to sing because this has already been uh, more than I can handle. I'm, I'm being honest. One of the most blessed men I know. I, I, I am. I'm not kidding. Full of joy. Full of peace. Unbelievable. Um, he had very little. He lived in a mobile home that was like... Um, that term's universal um, when you say mobile home. The prefab homes and then the motor homes like the RVs. He lived in like the RV mo mo mobile home where, um, he, and he just, he gave everything away. He would just, he would have a few dollars. He'd buy something really neat. And then the first person that said, man, that's really cool. He would give it to him. He said, you take it. No, 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 I don't want, no, no, no I want you to have it. I want you to have it. And he would give it away. My son, when he was a little boy, went fishing with him, this gentleman. And uh, on the way home, we had dropped him off. And on the way home, he says, Dad, 
is that what Jesus looks like? Because of this man's joy, his generosity, his laughter. It was a tough day fishing, and you would have thought he brought in the largest bass ever caught in Florida. And my son, this is the impression. Is that what Jesus looks like? I'm going to ask you something. Have you lived in such a way that somebody turns to a friend and says, is that what Jesus looks like? You say, well, we're not Jesus, Pastor. No. No, we're not. But it is possible to live in such a way that somebody can watch your life and go, there is a person who has totally surrendered all. We celebrated Christina Hyatt's homegoing. She's home. She's having a great time. We're here left sorrowing, right? Crying. Not because we don't believe in God and believe that there's a, a hope and an eternal life. Oh, we believe that. We're crying because we're human, because we've been made with these emotions. We're crying because still there's some, some questions. We're crying because we've been called to a land of promise, but it doesn't feel like we're being blessed. It's just all this stuff, right? But one thing's for sure, she lived her life in such a way that it stands as a testimony to her children and her children's children. She lived her life in such a way there is no doubt if you were around her, she trusted God fully. And it all started, was a little girl, but really started after she encountered Christ and was healed and was delivered and set free. And sometimes I wonder if religion does more harm than good in this regard. And sometimes I think that we go halfway. We get the call, we go to Haran, we stop. Religion. He called us out of darkness. He said, come after me. And we start that way. We say, yes, Jesus, we're going after you. And we, you know, we tend to church a little bit. We give a little bit here and there. We serve a little bit here and there. Ah, oh, we don't go as much as we used to. Still do a little Bible study once in a while. You know, go, go by the church. Make sure we still got friends there. We've gone halfway. What would it look like if we had a whole church? What if every lady in this place sold out for Jesus? Ladies? What would it look like? What would your children act like if everything you talked about was Jesus? Oh yeah, you still like to shop at Neiman Marcus and get those heels and squeak hangers and do what y'all do? You still like it. There's nothing wrong with that. What would it look like, men? What would it look like if we radically sold out? Wouldn't it be three of us on a Monday night praying? What would it look like if we made Christ a priority and said he called me out of the land of gods to a land of only one God and I'm not going halfway there I'm going after him on this journey I'm leaving all that behind I'm going to encounter him I want you to stand because I, I want to worship this song I want to worship one more time I, I just want to spend the next few moments contemplating this I wanted to I wanted to just 
permeating your spirit? Have you gone halfway? What would it look like, like, man, if you talk more about Jesus than golf? More about Jesus than hunting? More about Jesus than sports? Come on, ladies, pray. I'll fill in the blank for your husband, whatever it is. Whatever that thing is, right? What, man, what have you talked more about Jesus? What have you read more of the Bible than you did of the magazines and the online articles? Think about it. What if we were radically... Now, now, pastor, don't get carried away. You know, we're supposed to live. We're supposed to enjoy life. I get that. I get that. But we're also supposed to be conformed to the image of Christ. Not to the image of Americans. Not to the image of this present day culture. Not to the image that somebody else has of us. We men are supposed to be conformed to the image of Christ. And nobody's going to take you to an altar and tie you up and leave you there. It's up to you. It's up to you. To climb up on that altar every day called a cross. And nail that old man down. Ken Brown, you will not get up today. You will not do what your flesh wants to do. Your spirit will have dominion. I'm not leaving this cross until you mind come into accordance to the Word of God. That you come into alignment with the Spirit of God. I will not leave this cross this morning and go about my day until you are fully crucified. And then I will live. But it won't be me. It will be Christ in me. The hope of glory for somebody. What would it look like if we all went there? Father, I ask your presence to do what preaching can't do help me to stop and help us to surrender Father I pray you would encounter us the next few moments as we just give you a few more minutes to surrender our life make new covenants and say I'm tired of Haran I've buried my last here I'm moving on I'm taking the family and we're going I know I'm going to a land of Canaanites and foreign gods but I've come from a land of Canaanites and foreign gods I'm going to a land where there's a promise that I'll inherit and it'll bless me and my children will be blessed and their children will be blessed. I'm tired of the curse. I've watched others under the curse. I've watched my family fall under the curse. I'm walking under promise. I'm not going to stop. I'm looking beyond 75 years, 80 years and I'm going after eternity. I'm going after Him. It's a journey and I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up in the valley. I'm not giving up at one funeral. I'm not giving up because one's not healed. I'm not giving up because one day I'm looking for you and can't find you. Depression seeping in. I'm not giving up. I'm going on.
running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me as we sing. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Oh, your goodness is running after, it's running after me. by the preacher Lord I repent I pray nothing stand in our way I pray for the one who today there's pride or there's past experiences that are hindering them God I'm preaching to a congregation mostly of folks who've been following the Lord And in that following, there are seasons of crushing. God, I pray for the one who's been offended with you during a time of crushing. Lord, that you would shake us from that place of offense. That place of pain. would be cast upon you again that we would see you man it's been on my heart all morning that without the crushing the olive never gives forth the oil that it was destined for without the crushing the plant never gives forth the aroma that it was created for without the crushing we don't encounter the fragrance of Jesus without the crushing 
Lord, I'm asking that you crush us and bring us forth as gold. Lord, I pray for these men today. You would encounter them. Radical, radical men of God. Weary, tired. Pray for their agendas to begin to get trimmed down until the focus was upon you. Their focus is upon you. Their focus is all about you. Lord, I pray for these ladies who have felt alone, abandoned. Lord, I'm asking that you would bring them forth as worshipers, as daughters of the King. I pray you set their feet to dancing the hearts to singing. I pray joy fills their heart. Laughter. The air of their home. Lord, I pray that you would take this men and this women and that you would conform us in such a way that we are so attractive. The world comes chasing after you because of your work in our life. We commit to the journey. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. If that's you, say amen. Amen. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. The Lord be gracious unto you and raise up his countenance unto you. The Lord grant unto you his shalom, his peace. I love you all. Be blessed. Amen. Well, we hope that this message has brought you hope and encouragement, and it was just what you needed for today. If you're joining us today and we can partner with you in prayer in any way, it would be our honor. Please reach out to us by visiting our website, mycitylight.org. And lastly, if the Holy Spirit has laid it on your heart to give today, you can do that by visiting mycitylight.org and go to the giving tab or text any amount to 84321. Be blessed.